Hey, welcome back to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. I am Zach. I'm Peyton. And we are going to be your hosts always and forever on this podcast. Yeah, we're pretty committed to that. Um, so thanks for tuning in, for one. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit, just Peyton and I, about uh, a proposed removal slash protection or alteration of the Bentonville uh, Square statue um, as it pertains to uh, recent events in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, so we're going to kind of give some context for that. Most of you know what's going on um, in the nation right now, I'm sure. If you haven't seen it, what box have you been living in? This is true. Um, so... And if you're listening to this in the future sometime, uh, this is what this relates to. So anyway, we're going to kind of have a conversation about it. Uh, Peyton and I are both going to be very wrong about it, I'm sure. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, you can send your hate mail to the trash. Um, <laughs> or you can email us. If you have like um, thoughtful opinions or thoughts on this, we would love to hear some feedback because we are two friends who are discussing... Um, our thoughts on it and how we relate well to the people in this area and how they think about it. Um, and also are trying to be thoughtful towards people who are hurt mm -hmm. by the notion that it is there. Um, and also people who are hurt by the notion that it would be removed. Yeah. We're really mindful that we are willing to be wrong. If you disagree with us, it's fine. If we are on the same page, great, but we're willing to, be able to backtrack and say, Hey, maybe I was, maybe I was wrong about that. Yeah. And so, I don't think that we are going to fall on either side of a, uh, position. I don't think the point of this is to position ourselves in any way. We just want to have a thoughtful conversation about what's going on in our community, mm -hmm. um, as it relates to a greater thing that's going on in the world. Um, so we're going to hop into it. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. I don't think there's any swears in this. We'll no. find out how angry we get in this conversation. <laughs> so uh, I like anyway. to think I'm a pleasant person. Uh, well, you are pleasant. Oh, that's so Quite kind. <laughs> I wish I could say the same for you. <laughs> great, 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 great. Well, here we go. Peyton, do you want to explain to us what happened um, for context in Charlottesville, Virginia? Just yeah. Um, so in Charlottesville, Virginia, there was uh, a Unite the Right rally at the UVA campus over there in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, and so a lot of, um, of what's known as the alt-right came together in a protest um, to um, originally around the Robert E. Lee statue that um, resides and um, is at the top of the hill in Charlottesville, Virginia, kind of oversees the city. Um, and they aim to protect that uh, and it's a Confederate statue of Robert E. Lee, um, prominent general in the Civil War of uh, the Confederate side. And so from there, they decided to um, they decided to protest. Um, but on top of that, there were counter protesters that came um, to uh, go against the alt-right. 
and things got ugly really quickly. Um, there was a lot of chanting of um, various um, Nazi slogans and sayings, um, like blood and soil and like ending immigration and stuff like that. And so um, things turned nasty fairly quickly. And so that was on a Friday night. And the next day during Saturday, things escalated. There were armed um, alt-right protesters coming in. Also, the the counter-protesters were building steam and somebody ran a car into a group of protesters, I believe injuring 19 and killing one. And so um, from there, that's when um, things got wild and a state of emergency and um, which is why the national media is all over it right now. Um, And it's very, it brings up a lot of points of conversation um, whether or not their thoughts about the statue itself um, just the ideas of race and um, symbolism and uh, education and what a good or bad person is. There's there's a lot wrapped up um, in this event, and this has trickled its way towards Bentonville because we have a Confederate statue on the square, which Zach and I actually got to visit earlier today, um, which was a pretty tense scene, actually. So, Zach, if you want to unpack that a little bit. Yeah, so before we sat down and, and recorded, we're recording on Sunday afternoon, um, the 20th. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, happy Eclipse Day. Um, so we went down to the square, um, and we pulled up thinking we were going to park on the square, and there was a cop car in the middle of the road blocking any vehicle's entrance to the square. Um, and what we found out was that there was supposed to be a protest today, um, and potentially specifically to take down yes, the statue. Yes. Um, people who are petitioning, um, protesting the statue itself, petitioning to have it removed. Um, and there was evidently chances of a counter protest in which members of the KKK might be there. Um, that sort of thing. So when we arrived on the square, police were on the scene there were police patrolling as well as police standing on each corner of the square. A lot of people there. Um, it And everybody waiting, watching to see if anything was going to happen. News crews, um, I guess including us, we were there to kind of see what was going on. We went there more with the intention of just reading what was on the statue and kind of seeing what was going on in terms of what exactly can we talk about about the symbol itself Um, and coming to discover that there were a lot of people there prepared, I would say, if um, things were to get out of hand. Um, Mm -hmm. It did not appear that things were going to get out of hand. There were families there with their kids. enjoying themselves and that sort of thing. But the presence of police was just putting awareness in everybody's mind that something could happen. Um, So everybody was kind of watching each other and taking pictures of the statue, and it was kind of a weird scene. It was a very weird scene, and some people were, um, like, even... um, 
we saw two guys just go up to the statue and be like, this isn't a big deal. Like who's upset by this and all of this. And I was, I was kind of worried for them that so, that would start something, you know, mm-hmm. um, they were just kind of making a joke out of it, which was not fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. just overall, um, no matter what side you're on, it's, it's just been, it's a very tense scene and you don't want to be just making jokes and playing games. Um, that around. being said, we did not, we did not hear a single voice of protest right. from either side. Um, there was just an air of tension. Mm-hmm. And we sat there for like 45 minutes. It was solid 45 yeah, minutes, I think. We, we were just out there for a while. Um, so it was, it was very interesting. We're hot off of that. And so actually we got to take pictures of the statue itself. And um, we're going to read a little bit of what the statue has to say. And um, just to give a little context since, you know, this is a podcast and not a visual format. Uh, it's in the middle of the square. Um, there's a fountain all around it. And um, it, it towers kind of high about probably 25 feet yeah. up. And there is a soldier at the top. Um, you have inscriptions on all the sides. And Zach has what they say. Yeah. So on one side, uh, the kind of the dedication for the whole of the statue uh, says to the Southern soldiers erected by A. J. Bates in the James H. Berry chapter of the United Daughters of the Civil War, August eighth, nineteen o eight. And then on one side it has the dates of the Civil War, eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty five. So one side says they fought for home and fatherland. In addition to the plaques on the bottom, each of the four sides at the very base of the statue uh, says Confederate. Um, to let people know it was part of the Confederate monument. Um, and then we also have a plaque dedicating or honoring James H. Barry, which is kind of a big point of contention for people who don't want to see it removed um, as a historical person in Arkansas. Um, so his plaque says James H. Barry, 1841 to 1913, soldier and statesman, beloved of Arkansas, second lieutenant. 18th Arkansas Infantry, legislator, jurist, governor of Arkansas, United States Senator. He performed every duty with an eye. Single to the public welfare and his own unblemished honor. This tablet is placed here by the James H. Perry chapter, United Daughters of the Confederacy, the Pat Claiborne Camp, Sons of Confederate Veterans, and other friends in loving remembrance and appreciation of his noble life and character. Um, And then the statue is topped with the image of a Confederate soldier, uh, which I've learned is not one of James Barry, but of a generic Confederate soldier, mustached and all. Very stereotypical of a Southern infantryman. And, well, this was said in the dedication, but it was erected in eight, uh, 1909. So that is around i don't know if that was actually on the plaque or not but i know it's from 1909 um so that was around um kind of in the wake of some of the jim crow laws that were happening in the country so those started to get passed in the late 1800s like 18 later 1880s um early 1890s so just for i guess historical context so from there 
now that you are aware of what is on the statue and what the statue is, um, we're kind of going to dive into some of the perspectives that we have encountered on what to do with it. Yeah. Let's start with the two most extreme. Um, we can start with a far conservative position and a far liberal position and work our way in uh, because it definitely gets more nuanced as you work your way towards the middle. Um, and I think both the far like the far left and the far right positions are easily dismantled um, and we can move into more developed stuff. Um, so I believe that someone coming from the most liberal position would say, let us remove and destroy uh, this monument um, because it is a legacy to a hurtful history. Um, that existed in Arkansas, and to have it still there is dangerous and harmful to minority peoples, especially those of African-American descent. Um, on, I think, the far-right position would say uh, any sort of removal or um, alteration to this statue would be dishonoring our own history, where we've been from or where we've come from, um, as well as the people that uh, participated in part of the Confederate fight um, during the Civil War. So any sort of alteration or removal of this would be not paying homage or justice, honor to people who've served Arkansas in the past. Um, so those are kind of the far two examples, which I personally find really hard to, both of those are really difficult positions for me to adopt. And there's a lot of what I, I see a lot of problems with both. Sure. But we should give them both their due diligence. Sure. So let's unpack both sides. So, yeah. Um, I wish I had a coin to flip, but let's just say, let's start with the, let's start with far left side. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Okay. Good. So the removal of it and obliteration of it. Yes. Essentially. Um, so the argument here is that this is intrinsically offensive, that it represents an ideology of slavery. It represents an ideology of, um, of just offense overall, of rebellion, and there, there are kind of a couple concepts at play that we'd actually like to discuss kind of throughout these, um, each of these arguments. But here, um, one thing in particular we'd like to talk about kind of is, are we celebrating a human or are we celebrating an ideology when we have a statue of somebody? So specifically in this situation, in this perspective, we have it interpreted as an ideology. Um, what it's interpreted as is just pro-slavery, pro-non-African-American. Um, um, some would say pro-white, but actually a bunch, of, uh, in that extreme perspective, it would be pro-white um, at the expense of all other races. But, um, but historically, slavery affected... Um, mainly the African-American population. So so for those people, they would say, this is, this is dangerous because it represents a point of history where 
people were owned, people were property, and that is dangerous and offensive. Um, and I mean, you even hear like that. D- did you watch that Vice thing on Charlottesville? Yeah. One of the things on there that was said was, which I think this is where a left position might come from on this, um, or a little more liberal position would come from on this. There was a lady on there who said every day we look up at that statue and we're reminded of our uh, oppressors or our family's oppressors. Um, And so people adopting that sort of mentality and saying this is harmful and dangerous for people who live today who are reminded of the injustice that um, African-American people went through 150 years ago um, or more. Well, and specifically, it's not, um, in this perspective, it is very much, it's not just offensive to minorities. It is an offense to justice overall. Sure. So it's independent of race that, um, that this is actually offensive. It's independent. Um, yeah, it's independent of race. So white, black, Asian, Hispanic, um, no matter what. And it's I, offensive. I think what gets really dangerous in here is when you start talking about when a, a leftist, especially when you take an extreme leftist position um, of this is dangerous and offensive to the point that we should by force take these down or vandalize them. Mm-hmm. That's when it kind of gets dangerous because it comes at a cost without thoughtfully having conversations. It's so offensive that we have to remove it and it has to be removed right this second. Um, And I will take that into my hands to remove it or burn it or. Sure. Because it's, it's seen as uh, uh, accomplishing justice. It is seen as I've removed something negative from the world. I have, I've removed like an oppressive part of um, our culture from it. So of course, um, naturally, um, the leftist is going to be justified in saying this is just needs to be destroyed. I don't care if it's by legal means or with my own hands mm-hmm. and it's going to happen. Right. Sure. Another question that conceptual question to ask, uh, actually this is more historical, but um, this position assumes that the civil war um, and everything that it was about was purely about slavery and nothing else. Yeah. Um, it it wasn't about states' rights. It wasn't about economics. It wasn't about um, homeland. It was purely about slavery. And the ideology there was that the Confederate was solely fighting to keep their property enslaved, mm-hmm. quote unquote. You missed the air quotes, but you get you get the idea of that these people see this rebellion that existed um, as part of it was so like you said solely about slavery and not something more complex than that um and any notion of that is hateful then you know Mm -hmm. and i think what is i think what you would hear someone on the far left say um and even in more moderate positions um because i think there's some some truth to this is you don't often see rebellious organizations or people within a nation that were stomped out have effigies built in their name. Um, so, which is 
interesting how that perspective um that's a very like pro united states perspective sure you know because yeah. that's saying which which is not very left <laughs> yeah mind yeah, you yeah because um, the left would typically say the united states is just another country it's um there's nothing special about it it's not it's not divine it's not um special in any way um but in this perspective like well i think rebels, there's the, the, let's not oversimplify that let's not oversimplify that and say people on the left are not patriotic because i think that is no, an oversimplification no and i'm not be. i'm not saying it's okay. not patriotic okay. i'm just saying like um it's it's pro um it's still pro victor it's still about who won and it's not necessarily about the um the loser the um because typical left views are um, sticking up for untold stories of the minority mm-hmm. um and so in this situation like the confederacy would be um a loser um and something to be remembered sure I mean, it's. I think it's much. I could be easier. completely wrong. I think it's much easier to like contextualize within another nation. Um, so, if you talk about the French Revolution, if the French Revolution had not been successful, uh, would France have monuments to those who rebelled in their nation? Sure. And I don't think you see anywhere else in the world where there are effigies or statues or memorials to rebellions that were squelched states that seceded or people that seceded and said, we're going to move in opposition against the central government. You just don't see that. It's not out there. And I think um, a perspective on the left would argue that we remove images of rebellion within the nation because you lost. Like it's just a matter of you lost. You didn't win. You, um, why honor these people who were, I mean, losers? Yeah. Quote. I mean, it, it seems like a sorry sort of word, but that's what it is. You know what I mean? I mean? I'm not saying like, oh, they're losers. Like, look at this right, stupid right, people. Right. But just they, but in, they lost. They did not win. The, the rebellion did not succeed. It was squelched. Yes. And they did not success in seceding. Um, they did not success in seceding. Yeah. How's that, man? Uh, Not succeed anyway. in seceding. There you go. Okay. I mean, whatever. It's fine. You get. It's got to be a little bit of comedy in here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think that is an interesting take on it, and I think that would apply to not just images of the Confederacy, but as well, um, Confederate flags, that sure. sort of thing. Um, so anyway. So from there, so that's that's a good tie on the left perspective of it should be removed, it should not be celebrated, it should be erased, it should be destroyed. Right. Destroyed, absolutely, because there's something a little more nuanced than that that we are going to get to. Sure. Um, then we'll move over to a far-right perspective um, that would say confederate statues and even confederate flags i might as well throw in there sure while we're talking about this um should not be removed or vandalized or altered in any way because it would be you would not be honoring the memory of what happened there you would be somehow erasing history um you would be 
whitewashing a past that exists that we need to wrestle with. Um, but removing that would be, it would not be honoring the people involved or even, um, generations of family of people who may still be living here who can trace their lineage to people who fought for the honor of what they thought was right um, for the states that decided they wanted to secede, um, as well as um, people who served. We'll go back to the ideology and human thing in a second, um, but doesn't give honor to the people who served Arkansas as legislators in government because a lot of these people who were generals in these, um, in the civil war went on to be governors or they went on to be legislators Mm -hmm. or senators or whatever. Um, and removing that would be dishonoring people who have served Arkansas. Sure. Um, so there's some interesting thoughts here. Um, as well. So let's jump into the human versus ideology right. thing. Cause I think this is where people really get tied up on this side. Uh, I think it seems like the more conservative position would say the person who we are commemorating, the people who we are commemorating were more than just their one set of ideas about slavery. Sure. Um, and they did so, so much more work to serve Arkansas than fighting for a singular um, thing, like a singular uh, position, position, ideology. Sure. Um, they fought for the rights of the South and states' rights, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. There were other things that were honorable that they did, um, and we should not... Whitewash seems like a weird word. Uh, whitewash them as a singular person who condones slavery. Well, sure. And even on the plaque itself, it does say um, it's an appreciation of his noble life and character. So this statue in particular really calls out that uh, James H. Barry, he, um, the statue is in honor of him and um, in his life. So it's more, far more about the person than the ideology um, and also, it might also, it could actually be interpreted as the ideology itself because those looking at the statue um, could have the perspective of, hey, the Civil War was just about states' rights. And so, um, so that, so the more uh, right perspective is very much, um, could be either way on the human versus the ideology. Okay. It could yeah. be a double um, kind of celebration of, um, both the human, the individual, um, you know, his valor, his dedication to f- uh, his community, family, country, the fatherland, actually, as one yeah. of the uh, plaques put it, also as a as a fight for states' rights. So it's not necessarily, it's independent of slavery. Like, slavery is not even talked about. It's not a discrimination thing. It's purely a, um, just a celebration of kind of valor and um, that kind of business. It's my brain. I kind of go to an example of um, you disagree with maybe the war in um, I don't know, like any any war that we have troops in currently or any other countries, um, but we still honor our troops. Like the 
just because if somebody doesn't agree with, I guess, the whatever we're fighting for, they can still have respect for that soldier um, in, like, having sacrificed so much and given so much to country and um, for the protection of the fatherland. Yeah, yeah. I think when we get into this, there, I mean, we were talking about this morning, which um, gets really interesting when you start to talk about is someone wholly bad because of one bad position that they may have had? Sure. Um, because I think it's universally acknowledged at this point that slavery is a human ill. Like, we don't want that. That is, I think, un- at this point in American society, universally accepted as slavery is probably a bad thing. Like, <laughs> um, I'd like to hope so. I would like to hope so. And I, I would hope people on the left and the right could hold that position. I think that we do for most humans. I think that is the case. Um, But I feel like within this perspective, a lot of it, it's almost like this perspective can be divided into two because you, you could have the perspective of, you know, I, you know, I believe that the civil war is about slavery. I believe that that's what it was solely about, but I don't think that it should be taken down because it's, it's cultural heritage. Sure. But you could also have the other side that's just like, I don't even have a problem with the ideology because I, I believe that the Civil War was purely about states' rights or economics. Mm-hmm. And so there's no hang up there. But both would want to keep the statue there. Right. So okay. so there's there's kind of a little bit of detail in this perspective, I feel sure. like. Sure. Um, and that kind of bleeds into something that I want to talk about a little bit as well is education. So a lot of that just boils down to what all of us were taught in school growing mm-hmm. up. Like what, what communities were we in? Um, and what, how did they tell the narrative of the civil war? I mean, that's, that's purely, that's, that's a lot of our basis of our opinion is um, our background and our education. So if I was taught in middle school history that, um, you know, that the war was purely about slavery then that's what I'm probably going off of because that's my base of truth. That's my education. Um, and then I go to college and I meet somebody who's like, no, I was taught it was about states' rights. And um, also I was taught why the South should have won because it was purely about states' rights. Hmm. Um, totally different perspectives. Um, but like all of that kind of boils down to like, what were we taught? Like what what is what the education that we're given? Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you even read the Emancipation Proclamation after the Civil War into the Civil War, almost as if, like, that is the whole thing that the Emancipation Proclamation was about, Um, that it's read into that as being the whole of it, when I think there is more more things going on. Um, Because... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, all events, all people, like, everything is complex. Like, Mm -hmm. nothing is just, like, one single explanation sure i mean that's that's a perspective in itself honestly so i i feel like that's an assumption coming into the table yeah so so which factors into our our people and trends are 100 good 100 evil right that conversation and perspective yeah so i think we can we can easily say um from history that the civil war was about slavery 
but it was not just about slavery. So you have to hold both intention as they exist. They have to both be there. You can't say that it was just about slavery. You can say it was at least about slavery, um, but you can't say it's only about slavery, and you can't say it's not about slavery at all. You can't say that was not a factor. You can say there were other things going on besides slavery that the Confederacy was fighting for, which is totally accurate, but you have to hold that it is not, it was only slavery or it was definitely not slavery because both existed together in the reason that the state seceded. Well, and kind of part of that is because you have a lot of individuals fighting in the war, like independent of, you know, just the whole Confederacy and the whole Civil War just being about, you know, one ideology. You have people, if we're being nice and just saying that every individual fighting in the war, both sides, just had a single reason for fighting the war, you already have like a plethora of differences in ideology. Like, I just want to protect my family. I just want to protect my community. Um, I want to abolish slavery. I love slavery. Like, no matter what, um, we can't just bucket things into, uh, this was solely for this ideology, or this is solely for community. This is so like, no matter what, like, that's it's it's a mixed bag and then if we just take it way further people are complicated people which, don't have single motivations yes which i think is the reason we have to think about things like the statue with a little more nuance than absolutely tear it down burn it or defend it with all we have sure um i think you have to be a little more nuanced than that a lot more nuanced than that, honest, honestly, um, to be a thoughtful like participant in these conversations. Um, so, do you want to move on to one that's a little more nuanced? Another, yeah, let's do idea? that. Um, so, another uh, petition that I've seen going around um, suggests that the. I think this would be a little more center left if I were to be honest, um, this petition suggests that the statue be removed from the Bentonville Square and moved to a more historic location like a museum or Pea Ridge, which is more of a historical site for the Civil War. Um, that way, the history of the thing could be preserved. We would still be honoring... Um, the person perhaps um, it would be in a more appropriate location and would prevent Benton Bentonville from being such a, this is the center of what our community is about because it is in the center of the square. Um, so re removing it from that being the center, placing it in another location and replacing it with something that's matches more of the ideals that Bentonville wants to promote. Perhaps. Sure. And and part of that is where we position something is how we treat it. So yeah. if we have it in the center of the square in the center of life in Bentonville, then we're we're celebrating that whatever it may be, if you identify it as um, human valor or ideology, we're celebrating that. And so if we move it to a more appropriate location, then we we take it out of the 
the celebration um, lens that could be interpreted in either way. And we move it into a historical place, which is much more based on just remembrance and where the narrative doesn't have to be as understood or, you know, clearly articulated. Um, it can because, be up to interpretation. Because you have, well, you have context for it in a historical location. Sure. Yeah. We, we have it as um, a memory rather than a public celebration yeah it's uh, a yeah. trying to like kind of figure that out um because we if you well i mean if you think about place in general so the square um just as a place has tons of restaurants and so that is that is the that is kind of what we're celebrating uh, on the square mm-hmm. um independent sure. of the statue we're celebrating like restaurants um, if Walmart. you go to, I mean, yeah, of Walmart and dimes store, all of that. So all of that is promoted by the place. Um, if you go to a bar district in a city, like you're promoting, like having a good time, you're creating an attitude, you're creating a feel. Um, if you go to a college campus, it's based on education. You're celebrating the life of the mind. You're celebrating all of these things. So place seems to have a factor, um, on interpretation, what we celebrate, um, and how how those structures interact with each other tells a story and a narrative in itself. So that's why I'm saying that putting it in a museum frames the narrative differently yes. and instructs the viewer on how to think about whatever the topic is. Right. I think this position is well thought out. I think because when you start to think about um when you start to think about like polarization within things um when I first started hearing about this the whole notion of this was either remove it or leave it remove it or leave it. There was not a middle position. And this was the first one I saw to come out to think, Hey, we can do better than to maybe ex- not extreme, just polar opposite. Sure. Uh, positions on this. Um, I still think there are elements of this that are potentially impractical. I think the problems with this are the practicality of this certain thing, which kind of we'll get to, or we're going to talk about here in a second because of who owns the land that that statue now sits on and who donated the statue and all of this sort of stuff that is more a logistics thing than it is an ideological, ideological matter, um, philosophical positioning, whatever it comes down more to logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, so the statue, like we said on the one of the plaques, um, it was placed there by the Daughters of the Confederacy um, in 1909, um, and they donated it. And from what I heard, I've not actually read this anywhere, so I may be totally off base here. Um, it's if you find the more accurate information, please let me know. Um, that they had a lease on the land for a hundred years, and they entrusted the care of this statue in the square to 
the city of Bentonville. Um, they were entrusted, Bentonville was entrusted with taking care of that space. And then in 1996, the Daughters of the Confederacy in Bentonville, the chapter, disbanded. Um, so the group that technically had the lease and donated the land and the statue no longer exists as a chapter here, but it doesn't change the fact that it does not belong to the city of Bentonville proper. It is just under the care of the city of Bentonville. So that's where logistics gets kind of weird with that position because it is a matter of this technically doesn't belong to the city of Bentonville. Also, and I may be totally off base there, yeah. but as far as my research tells me, that's kind of what's going on as far as logistics when you talk about removing it and placing it in a different location. Sure. And I think another logistical thing is what are we going to put there instead? Sure. And um, some people have recommended doing something more artistic because we are trying to be an up-and-coming arts area, mm -hmm. um, given Crystal Bridges, um, given our more experimental um, art and nature, um, kind of around the square and around Bentonville overall, just to have something that's more artistic and less of a statement of, well, okay, never mind. Art is always political. Um <laughs> And that also depends on your perspective. Sure. If you think art is just a picture or something political. Here we but, go. <laughs> you know, sick em, Peyton. Sick oh, em. man. That's another. Stay tuned next week for our <laughs> art and politics conversation. Great. Um, but something uh, more neutral, not as much of a commentary on history, um, or I guess not as explicit if we're going to say our, all art is political. Yeah. So that's that's another logistical issue is what do you put there? Is, is anything a appropriate there oh yeah yeah there are definitely things that are appropriate when you start talking about bentonville wants to be an art centric food centric bike centric city it's kind sure. of the three pillars of bentonville yeah. at the moment so i propose this is my art proposal for the square should they remove um the statue um is there is a Art installation statue, so in the round sta uh, sculpture, I have a bike made of pizza. <laughs> okay, so, so that's an idea. We got art, we got bike, we have culinary. Which is a pizza. Which is pizza. <laughs> and I like pizza. Are the Who pizzas the pizza? wheels? Uh, no, I think the whole thing is just made up of like slices of pizza that are rolled oh. and then assembled into a giant bike. Okay. Um, it's not like you have, because you, this is what I see. Um, if you have pizza wheels and then you have um, crust that acts as like the pipes that connects oh, the whole bike. Gotcha. Um, or maybe even breadsticks if we're really going breadsticks. more pasta. <laughs> uh huh. For sure. Um, but just an idea. Um, and then a giant beer fountain around it. <laughs> <laughs> Open to the public. A keg is constantly flowing. Open to the public. So. That's, I think we can just wrap up this conversation. Like, that's really it. So, right? no. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so, it's, uh, I think if anybody wants to take that up and run with it, um, feel free to use that. Um, if you're out there listening, that's my proposal because no one, I don't know anybody who would rally against pizza. So. Sure. Except for, and I'm going to segue into this, um, those that are more um, upset that you are erasing history. You, we did it. We got it. We got back there. We, got, we did So, So this perspective um, 
it will and the left perspective we didn't we just didn't dive into this is that the argument against it is that we're we're erasing history we are trying to um and it's not even like a whitewash history it's just don't even acknowledge it um and everyone's passing around a quote from 1904 that's you know um just basically emphasizing the um, the fear of revisionist history mm. on the, being on the rise with the taking down of these Confederate statues. Sure. Something to the effect of don't forget history lest you're doomed to repeat it, basically. Um, sure. I don't um, know what the quote is that you're talking about specifically. That's one that came to mind. Y- y- well, I think that's just a, what history teachers like to say. Oh. So they, I think someone said that at <laughs> one point, but I'm not um, hearsay at this point. That is a good point. Um, but that is very much um, a fear, and that's independent of, and I think I think associated with that perspective is the, um, if it's not in public, then it's it's not remembered, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like if we were to move it to a history museum, people would still be upset because you're you're saying, hey, this is unsavory. Let's remove it. Pizza savory. Pizza is so savory. <laughs> You're right. Um, so again, we've come back to our solution, which is the solution. So this is where we start to get to more difficult conversation topics, I think. I think we've moved into another tier of nuance and difficulty because is it truly erasing history? And I've heard positions from people on the far left say, well, we don't have statues honoring Hitler, we still remember Hitler. Sure. But I think equating Confederate soldiers to Hitler is a serious injustice. Yes, that is a major yikes in my book, Uh in my book of yikes. So again, going back to saying people are 100% good, 100% evil, that is just emphasizing like the Confederacy was just a purely evil organization. Right. The people in it, everyone that served and fought evil. Yeah, which is not the case. That's not fair. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not at all. Um, In your mind, Peyton, do you think there's like an element of removing that stuff is like an element of erasing history? I really don't think so because there's so many other forms of information that exist. Sure. So just because we're removing statues that we see while we're eating a meal or walking around in a park doesn't mean that we don't remember. We um, kind of going back to education, like we're we're educated. We have... um, public schooling, private schooling, whatever it may be, in order to learn about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, and in saying, um, well, now, okay, now I'm sitting here, and education is very much um, based on the perspective of the instructor. Sure. So, um, so, if I, so if I teach you, again, that, like, um, it was purely about states' rights, then from there... Um, I'm, I've removed the assumption that education is pure, um, sure. but we can extend this to all forms of information. We can, <laughs> we can say news <laughs> is not mm-hmm. pure. We can say books are not pure. Um, we can say people's perspectives on history in general, none of them are pure. Sure. Those are a hundred percent subjective sources, which is okay. It is okay for people to be subjective. It is okay for Fox News to have a slant, it is okay for CNN to have a slant as long as we acknowledge our slant. As long as we 
know that's the perspective that we're coming from and admit it up front and not say, I am in an objective truth for this thing. So the statue has a slant. Yeah, for so, sure. But does that mean it should stay? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that could be almost categorized the same way. Yeah, let's recontextualize it because I think there's a really interesting way we can reposition this and just as in a racing history thing that may help us sympathize or may help the left sympathize with the right. Um, in Fayetteville, there's a historic district with a lot of really gorgeous houses um, that are old, beautiful, possibly 100 years old, have been there forever. And by forever, I mean 100 years. Um, but the same people who would say remove the statue would be in opposition to removing historical sites like homes, historic homes. That's um, kind of a generalization, but I I understand what you mean. Rem so I think that's interesting because you start to maybe take away like a maybe a heavy slant one way or the other and say, as a historical site, should this stay or should this go? And I think a lot of people say historic sites should remain intact. Um, in my mind, I think it's better to keep the old house than it is to tear it down and build one cheaply or sure. um, that's a cookie cutter house or that someone just wants to build there. I think it's you're not keeping what is beautiful and honorable about the city of Fayetteville when you destroy a landmark like that. So that then that makes the statue also a matter of perspective as well. Yeah. So like yeah. I, I could think that the statue is beautiful and um, believe that it brings a lot of beauty, um, albeit aesthetic. That would be that would be a perspective I could have, um, and it even if it stands for an ideal, like uh, I mm -hmm. don't know. Like I'm just sitting here, like like yeah. I said, this is where it gets way more difficult to kind of suss these things out. Mm. And I'm, I am okay with saying, okay, that's a thought. Just consider this. We don't have to come down on one side or the other of this in particular. And I understand both sides on that one. Yeah. Like that there's a slant in way of the statue being there that says it is historic from a wrong perspective and it is historic from a, we want to preserve history perspective. Um, sure. So, and anyway. Well, and then, so circling back to what I was trying to say, but until I derailed myself, <laughs> um, whoops. So on the education side of things, so, um, so I was going to say that instead of saying the statue is the end-all be-all of telling of history or documenting history, um, then we should turn to books and news and media and primary sources and stuff like that for consuming history. Um, so where I derailed myself is saying, hey, these are also, these are impure forms of, um, forms of consumption of history, uh, much like this statue, but we don't toss those out the window. Hmm. So I just wanted to summarize that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've kind of covered the removal and relocation sure. kind of thing. Because we have one more we want to talk about. 
And if you want to explain it, because you've heard more about it than I have. Yeah, and it's not it's not really defined right now, honestly. It's a, we should augment the statue. We should not just, we shouldn't remove it. Um, it should stay intact, but we should add more to it. We should have some sort of, whether it be um, another plaque or, I guess, if you were to alter the plaques that exist, um, in order to say that it's purely just about, maybe purely about valor, and not necessarily um, having such a Confederate bent to it. And honestly, um, not much of the documentation on the statue itself right now is super Confederate, minus the fact that it says the word Confederate. Yeah. Um, but like in its in its ideological perspective, it doesn't say so much. But there could be a plaque um, that supplements it and um, clarifies a little bit more that it is about maybe individuals um, or a way to just neutralize the statue sure. instead of Neuter- having it have a Confederate bent, mm-hmm. maybe removing that part. Yeah. So that's what I've thought has been, could be a really interesting solution is removing the notion of confederate from the bottom just removing that from the four sides um and let it stand to honor those who james yeah Yeah. (laughs) good james um so that's where it gets really interesting i think really interesting too because when you start talking about augmentation of an image like this we'll go back to every human even if they have one perspective on a topic even if it's not nuanced in the least will have, as a collective, will have a complex understanding of what a thing is and how to deal with it. So if you were to augment it, do you take off Confederate? Do you take off the Confederate soldier? Do you remove the name Daughters of the Confederacy? Do we remove the dates of the Civil War? At what point, or do, on the opposite side, do we add a plaque? Do we mm-hmm. add an equally large and prominent statue that to, <laughs> I mean, the pizza bike one is out there, um, to balance perspectives? Um, I think this one, in my mind, this tends to be a center-right position. Yes, but it still skews on the revisionist history i would feel sure. interesting because you're you could yes james is um he's a soldier but he he was a confederate soldier mm-hmm. you know like that that part you're removing you're removing like the context for him sure um so that's tough um yeah i don't i, I don't know and I, also now go ahead go ahead i think what this perspective kind of gets right is it recognizes even from a we should keep the the effigy there even from that position it recognizes that people are affected um by the imagery or the language or the history that's there and people who hold this position seem to take up an idea that we want to make a space that is accepting of people. 
um, that it takes concern for um, maybe the African-American community and says, we acknowledge that you have had suffering in your family history and we want to, in maybe in the slightest way, in the slightest sort of olive branch, right or wrong, um, maybe as this kind of stands as an ideology that has been hurtful in mm-hmm. the past. Um, it at least is an olive branch and maybe offers some empathy for people other than a white perspective for that sort of thing. That's where I think that one, that position does well for on the right. Well, and also, um, I don't know if you knew this, but, um, in just the ratings of just, um, of any, uh, political affiliation or political group, like a part of the government, um, the military is, has the highest approval rating. So mm-hmm. that's why in elections cycles you see an emphasis on troops and veterans. Interesting. Is because that um, unanimous, pretty unanimously, like across all Americans, um, we can respect troops. Like we we acknowledge that they have sacrificed um, and they've given themselves um, in ways that they don't, they're not obligated to. So that would be a step towards like, hey, maybe we can make this more of a statement about just the troops. Like we can just say honoring um, our veterans and our soldiers out there sure. um, home and far. Yeah. So that could be a step in a, in a far more um, unanimously approved direction. Like sure. we can, most of us can get behind, like we, we love our troops. We appreciate, appreciate their sacrifice. Yeah. Is that though, once again, removing history or neutering maybe what is there? Sure. You know, so it's interesting. And then I think the, I think another problem with this, as I said a second ago, is to what because everybody's going to have a different perspective. What is the length to which you go to augment it? Um, which, for a broader conversation, um, if and I think I think people on a conservative position have a really good point here. At what point do we stop removing statues of people who endorse slavery at some point? Um, so you can say the Confederacy, you can say, I mean, you can go to Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and, uh, yeah, are all of our four, I mean, all of our forefathers, yeah. you know, do at that point, do we demolish Mount Rushmore, you know, sure, yeah. stuff like that. At what point do you, st- I think that is a incredibly difficult and maybe, hard position to talk about um, that the right offers as a like philosophical point that I found really hard to wrestle with. Yeah. And I don't, I can't think of an answer. I don't think the left has like the best, if any answer like for it. Um, I think at best you could say that there were groups of people who endorsed a certain way of life or being in the world that was dangerous and harmful to other people. Um, They endorsed it and, in this case, fought for it. Um, And we want to see the removal of people who actively endorsed harmful positions. Um, And so I think for some people you might say, 
that stops with the Confederacy. Um, but I also think there's other people who would say, man, I am hard pressed by the notion that George Washington owned slaves and we should not celebrate George Washington as much as we do because he did something, he did something sure. maybe truly evil in owning other people. I mean, you see this with the, uh, with Christopher Columbus. Now I see it so much more than I used to when I was in school where, you know, we used to celebrate Christopher Columbus in 1492 Columbus sold the ocean blue. Like it was, we honored the name Christopher Columbus and what I've seen more in recent history with, you know, everything from the Dakota access pipeline to, uh, just an, a more holistic understanding of American history, uh, American history, I should say, right, I guess North American history, history of this land, of this land, this continent, um, is we don't want to celebrate people who were oppressive to other people. Um, and so maybe Columbus is the reason that Westerners ended up here. The reason that I am sitting here in Arkansas, um, but we don't want to miss that these people also maybe participated in a real evil that existed in the world and still exists in the world in some places, but not here. Um, and I will say, I'm going to make this point because I think it's important to make. I'm not saying that hateful racism does not exist here, but the institution of slavery as an evil is no more. Yes. And I think that's a valid point because, you know, this is entirely about civil war and, um, and just, you know, Confederacy versus union and all that business. But like, let's be real, like the rights of African-Americans, like haven't, you know, after that point weren't exactly the best, you know, like free from slavery, but still there's, um, as I kind of contextualized earlier, um, in the 1890s, Jim Crow laws like came about like that. It wasn't over. That was not the end. And so clearly the union was not this, you know, perfect being that just came and like saved the United States from slavery and the mistreatment of minorities. Far from it. Mm -hmm. We, we had a long way to go from there. So it's again, not black and white. Like we're, our history is full of, pain and injustice and some of that still happens today yeah and i think for the people who are going to make the argument that we're erasing history i think they also if that's in one hand in their other hand need to take up a the notion that we can't just not erase history we have to deal with our history we have to confront it and understand like where we were wrong and not be embedded in a position that says we should honor history and also history was right. Like you yes. have to acknowledge that there are some things that happen that puts people on the wrong side of history. And I think at one point we will all be on the wrong side of history. I yes. get far enough away and we all end up on the wrong side of history. I end up on the wrong side of history because I like chicken to eat chicken. You know, at one day it, it will be a evil in the world 
to sure. eating chicken. Well, I mean, like, I'm even thinking of the ethical treatment of animals in sure. our, like, um, mass-produced, like, food here mm-hmm. um, and livestock and all that business. Like, we were kind of complicit in that. Like, whether whether or not, like, you think it's an issue or not, like, you know, down the line, like, our grandchildren could be like, wow, grandpa, like, how are you so anti-animal? Like, you know, in in your time like we we just don't know or for fair wages for fair work you think about maybe mass-produced products the t-shirt i'm on my back came from thailand you know probably mm-hmm. um and was produced in a sweatshop somewhere i mean we will eventually we will be on the wrong side of history which does not make it better i'm not like that doesn't make it better but with time becomes better perspective and comes, um, ideally, ideally you have evolution towards the good of every man, um, and animal. If we want to go there too, (laughs) you heard it first Um, pro animal. So we just have to understand if we're not going to race history, we have to be able to confront history thoughtfully, um, with the evil that existed and may still exist. Um, one last thing I would like to dive into is why is all of this happening right now? Sure, yeah. So the statue has existed since 1909, and the people of Bentonville have lived around the statue for for a long time. But now, in 2017, we have said, no more, this is offensive. Enough like, is enough, yeah. Um, but honestly, you talk to people, and people are like, I never acknowledged the statue. I, I just thought it was just a statue. I didn't know it was Confederate. Um, I didn't know what was happening, what it was. Um, but then like, honestly, some left perspectives I've seen is like, Oh, I've always known it was offensive. I've always wanted it to be taken down. But like, why didn't you do anything before? Um, is it, is it in vogue to be socially conscious? (laughs) I think so. I mean, with, when, I mean, we can start name-dropping groups if you want. Um, but there is a, there's a consciousness of people who have started to see movies. But just other sources of media that have pushed people um, to say, I, I can't sit idly by, um, that prompt them into action. So, for example, if we go back to the livestock thing, like... I eat a lot of meat. I enjoy meat. Um, and I'm, I'm unfortunately aware of the situation of, you know, the treatment of animals, but also, you know, um, the pesticides that damage, um, the environment due to all of that. Anyway. Um, so I'm aware of that, but I, I don't act on it. If I'm going to be completely honest, I do not act on that information in my brain, but what if down the road I see a form of media or if, um, I don't know, somebody, it becomes a, a national wave of like, we were, went on the inside, we noticed this, there's a documentary that comes out, whatever it, it may be, and that pushes me to change. Um, is that bad? Am I just doing it because it's in vogue? Am I truly changing my perspective or am I just jumping on a wave? Um, some of it, I think, can be what's in vogue. And I think that's probably what's happening today. Um, I think some of it for maybe like 
down the road in the way we source our food could be technology. Um, I don't think technology definitely doesn't really apply to where we are right now. Um, but I do think our political positioning today, for some reason, it seems like every election things have been getting more and more polarized, um, where it's like a, you're either for us or against us. There, there are some really deep set political identity stuff that's going on, especially right now. Um, and I think the expectation with Facebook or other sorts of social media are we demand that you pick a side or maybe it's just in the unconscious of people. Um, well that boils back down to human, human nature of tribalism, honestly, for sure. Um, in groups and out groups you're with us or against us. That's us versus them. That is unfortunately human nature. Yeah. Cause we have to know who to trust in our tribe. Right. Un- understandable for sure. And so I think what you're seeing is more people becoming more vocal about, you know, social justice movement things because it might be in vogue, but they don't want to be seen as the person who opposed equality or equity for people. Um, they want to be read as, oh, I had a statement about that and I had a perspective and I was on the right side of that thing. And I, But I feel like that's not a conscious thing. It's like, oh, I need to get on the right side of history. I don't think... I don't think people are going around making opinions just because they want to be on the right side of history. Um, Sure. Maybe. Well, I mean, but that could be a subconscious thing. Okay. I'll acknowledge that. Um, But also people could just be changing their minds. I don't, I don't know because at the level of change nowadays, like even if you don't know much about something, you're expected to, be on a side mm-hmm. you know if i wasn't like i wasn't there when that happened in let's say charlottesville yeah like it's but i'm expected to like have a position yes um, and you're you are immediately expected to have a position yes we have not even hardly scratched the surface before people are expected to sign a petition one way or the other yeah because i mean before this conversation you know I've seen six or seven petitions come across my Facebook feed, Mm -hmm. and I have not signed a single one yet. And some people would say, you are not positioning yourself for, like, to be an ally to African-American people. Sure. Or you're not positioning yourself to protect the history that's here, you know, or whatever. It's... Um, well, and it's and some of that also. So there's like the siding thing, but also, if you're not even aware it happened, then you're seen as ignorant as well. Like you're you're not in it as well. So if you know if if you ask somebody the day after it happened, like, oh, did you hear what happened in Charlottesville? And some somebody didn't know. You you almost like eye roll. You're like, how how do you not like already have a position? Like how do you not are you not all already aware? Right, right, and. It's just really frustrating in the age of mass fast information that we are expected to already be embedded in a position before the thing even happens. About something that happens maybe 800 miles away. Yeah, yeah. That is not in my community. It's not 
um, affecting my day to day. Um, and like, should I care? Or should I not care? Like that's, it's a valid question. Um, and we have to take the time to have conversations like these that you and I are having right now, Peyton, because maybe it just takes a little more thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen some pretty aggressive things from both sides and, um, it's really, I think, important, but also really difficult in the climate that we find ourselves in to try to meet in the middle and at least have a conversation that's more than 140 characters long. So this relates to something that I've heard on NPR recently, and it's called the knowledge illusion. So it's basically we are all dependent on one another um, for various forms of knowledge. So I couldn't tell you how a pen works. I don't need to know necessarily. Okay. Like maybe... But like really down to the nitty gritty of like the physics of maybe like fluid mechanics happening in the pen. I could not tell you. Um, That's the one thing you know, though, is fluid <laughs> mechanics of the Yeah, that's something the I pen. know. I did study <laughs> physics in college. Sorry. Um, but like the average person could not tell you with that level of detail, but they trust. They, they have, they know like, no, hey, yeah, I know how a pen works. The pen, the pen writes. Um, but um, whenever surveyed, people figured out that they didn't know like how a toilet works. Like they don't, they rely on this and they're like, Oh yeah, I definitely know everything about a toilet. It's a toilet. Of course I know everything about a toilet, but no, at the end of the day, they weren't able to explain this. So the, the postulation is that we are all dependent on one another for knowledge. And we have this illusion that we actually know things when we really don't. Mm -hmm. And so this much, 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 much factors into this conversation because we assume that we know everything. We assume I know every detail that went on in Charlottesville. Like we assume, and and then therefore our positions we think are rock solid. We think that we are a hundred percent concrete, and that we don't need to have conversations in depth because it's obvious. Because we were dependent so much on. Um, other people's confidence or other people's first person perspectives or maybe even third per- per- third person perspectives like we could be dependent on those which is shaky um if we really boil down to it so i don't know where i was really going with that but all of that really boils down to like we need to be humble about our perspectives we need to not just say hey i know everything because in reality we only have part of the picture and we're drawing conclusions. And I think what can be really helpful for humility is go have a conversation with someone who doesn't agree with you and try to listen. Um, I think that's why I wanted to have this conversation. Not that Peyton and I disagree or anything, but there's just a lot more dirt under that couch than we can see from just a quick glance well and i've learned a lot from this conversation yeah like i've learned where i have gaps like i i didn't realize that um you know may our source of education is also biased in itself and so um you know statues have a slant but so do people so like that's that's something i've picked up from this conversation like so talking it out and actually fleshing out like, Hey, is this really valid and kind of poking it to see if it actually stands? Um, I think is a good way to go about it. Yeah. I don't know that I'm any closer to a conclusion or either my feel farther from it. Well, (laughs) or even like closer to signing a petition, for example, I don't even know if I'm closer to signing or not signing a petition. 
I know where I land in terms of I would like to have empathy for people. Um, and I want to have respect for people who put their lives on the line. Um, and I mean, I also find myself in a position, I'm a person of non-committal, want everybody to have what they want. Um, just part of my personality. Um, but it's, uh, there is, I think the greatest thing that we can have, I mean, even like in a broader perspective is just have some empathy and have some conversations with people who may not agree with you and just listen. I think that's so important right now. Uh, when you climb it up from when we can go from talking about statues in particular, but to the greater political context of we are deeply embedded in tribal identity, political identity. If we're, I just sometimes wish people had the sense enough to look across the aisle, which may be across your street to your neighbor, um, and have a conversation. And a lot of the times when I say I wish people would do that, I wish I would do that. Yeah. I don't mean just like, oh, everybody else needs to do this, and I'm just the king of doing this. No, like I wish I had more room for saying I could be wrong. Yeah. I probably am wrong. Humility. Man, kicking the pants. We need, we need, we just need some like humility to kick us in the pants. Um, and maybe perspective is good for that. Maybe it takes 60 years of living to look back and say, man, I was dumb when I was in my 20s or my 30s or when I was 50, you know, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, it, uh, maybe it takes time. It definitely takes perspective. And I think humility is embedded in all of that. Anyway, is there anything else you want to say or mention? Nope. Uh, before we get out of here? Except for I don't know anything. Hey, we all, here's our humility coming out. We, <laughs> we don't advise that you take any positioning from what we said. We just hope we've kind of stirred some conversations in your head or sure. for you in your own head or with your friends um, that you can m- maybe chew on some things. Um, like I said, I'm definitely not walking away from this with any super held positions, except there will be an art installation of a pizza bike on the square. And I'm very excited about it because it will be very good. Well, it'll be gone pretty soon because people are going to eat it, but you know, don't eat, don't eat the statues. Don't, yeah. It'll put us a little plaque. You're trying, that says, to, erase do his- not eat. You're trying to erase history with your tummy. <laughs> Quit it. Uh, oh man. Okay. So, if any, like I said, if anybody wants to take that idea and run with it, that is all yours. Okay. Enjoy. Um, well, thank you for listening this far. If you are this far into the episode, um, we really appreciate your time and willingness to just hear our ramblings, hear our questions, and um, our perspectives. So, thank you for all of your time. Uh, we hope to do more conversations kind of like this um, as we um, just kind of talk about like northwest arkansas happenings and fix fix all of the problems in the world that is the goal here we go let's fix them anyway all right well if you don't follow us already um, follow us on facebook at hey hey nwa uh podcast and then also if you go on instagram we're hey hey nwa podcast with no underscores or any of that business and we have a website hey hey nwa.com we're gonna try to get back in the swing of things now 
um, with episodes every week, um, whether they be interviews or conversations like this. So stay tuned. And then uh, if you want to come hang out with us, um, if you want to come to a really great setting where politics kind of get put to the side for a little bit and you can really feel some communal love and shared experience. Um, one of Peyton and I's favorite things to do um, here recently has been hosting karaoke at Bike Rack Brewing on 8th Street. That is A, like the letter A, not 8th, which is a number. So starting at 7 p.m. every other Saturday. Um, the next one will be this weekend, which is the 27th of August, I believe. I want to be wrong. Watch. There's that humility. Hey, there's that humility popping up again. I think it's the 26th. Anyway. It is the 26th. It's this weekend, uh, if you're listening to this this week. Um, But if you want to come hang out with us, sing some songs, drink some really great beer, um, we do that. Starts at 7 p.m. It's a ton of fun. We also do trivia on Thursday nights. Same location, 7 p.m. It's a lot of fun. Um, So come hang out with us. Uh, Like Peyton said, we're trying to get back in the swing of things, and I'm really excited about some things we have coming up. Um, so keep on listening. Cool. Well, without further ado, that's the jam. And we are Hey Hey NWA. Boop, boop.